Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 33 of Revelation chapter 11, and we're continuing to look at verses 15 through 17. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. This is just a wonderful point in history. It is the time of the end, the time when God has completed his salvation program. I know We're not accustomed to think of Judgment Day as a wonderful thing, and it's not wonderful that people are under the wrath of God, but it's wonderful that God has saved all of those that he had predestinated to become saved. It's wonderful that Christ has accomplished his salvation program. We're uh, used to thinking of of this time period as the the day the door shut and remains shut and and how sorrowful that is and it is grievous and truly sorrowful for the unsafe people of the earth but there's also another side of that it's not uh, no salvation but it is actually great salvation as certain individuals who are very critical of the Bible's teaching on this subject. They're extremely upset by the teaching that God has saved all of his elect, and and they don't like that idea at all. And and so they they do speak very badly of these things. And yet when we look at it properly from the Bible's perspective, from the perspective of God. God had a a plan to save a people for himself. God arranged and designed that plan before the world was even created. Ephesians 1 verse 4 tells us that the Lord predestinated a people before the foundation of the world. We know that God accomplished the salvation of these elect from the point of the world's foundation. It was at that point that Jesus was as a lamb slain. And so he died for the sins of these people uh, from the foundation of the world. He rose um, victoriously from the dead also before the world began. And then the history of the world is basically a time in which God was applying that redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ to each one of his chosen people 
that he had selected, elected to salvation. And so from Abel to uh, Noah to David and so forth, God sent forth his word, found the elect soul, saved that person, and then we continued on in time, the next day and next day until centuries passed and millennium passed. And and we finally reached the end of the nation of Israel. And then the church age began. And then we reached the end of the church age. And the final season, the little season of great tribulation began. And we reached the end of the great tribulation when the Lord poured out the latter rain to save a great multitude of men and women and children all over the face of the earth. And with that, God finished his salvation program. He saved everyone whose name was recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that is a glorious thing. That is an exciting thing. It is truly wonderful And God should be praised. He should be greatly thanked and honored by his people for the completion of his salvation program insofar as finding all the lost sheep of the house of Israel is concerned. We know there's still the matter of completing salvation regarding uh, the people of God receiving their new resurrected bodies. But... The major task of sending forth the word of God to seek and find all those elect, as that was determined by the wisdom of God, to first save the soul of man, the spiritual nature of man had to be born again. Well, that has been done. That is accomplished and finished, and God has completed that um, tremendous aspect of his salvation program. And, and so that's what we find here in these verses. When the seventh angel sounds, the seventh angel sounds at the beginning of Judgment Day, again, May 21, 2011, which was the last day of the Great Tribulation period, the last day Therefore, of the pouring out of the latter rain, the last day of that second jubilee, that glorious jubilee in which the Lord was setting the captives free, the last day of salvation. And and then God shut the door. But you would think the way that people uh, react to that uh, biblical statement that God shut the door at the beginning of the day of judgment, that somehow, oh, this is horrible, because apparently they think God shut the door on some elect, or or actually I don't think they're considering that at all. Of course he has not shut the door on prospective elect individuals out there, or or individuals that were elect and had yet to have the word of God applied to their souls, that hasn't happened. God would not shut the door unless first everyone to be saved had become saved. Remember we read in Second Peter 
in chapter 3. A very significant statement in the context of Judgment Day, as, uh, uh, as much of this chapter deals with Judgment Day. Verse 10 speaks of the day of the Lord, but as the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And, and then verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And the true believer, the child of God who is continually looking into these things, is being obedient to what God just said here. We, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. And So uh, a child of God should not listen to anyone who attempts to dissuade them from looking into end-time information uh, as though there is something wrong with that. No, it's the nature of the one that God has saved, to desire for God to bring to pass, to bring to fruition the completion of all things according to his promise. And so we look with a very intense look for a new heavens and new earth, and that's why we're interested in timelines, and that's why we're interested in the duration of the Great Tribulation and the period of Judgment Day, and and so on. There it's completely in line with what the Bible says. And then uh, we read in verse 15 of Second Peter 3, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. That's a very significant statement. We account or reckon or figure we are to understand this, that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. That is, God did not bring the judgment or bring his punishment upon the unsafe people of the world for a particular reason, of very specifically, salvation. That was the reason God did not punish the world and pour out his wrath. And and so some people read this and they say, well, you see, that means God is still saving today. Look, we're, we're still here. The world is still here. Therefore, salvation is ongoing. And yet they're not understanding what the wrath of God is. We read in James chapter 5, Verse 7, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Now there God is uh, setting him, himself up as the, the husbandman. It, it's a figure he's using a husbandman who plants his crops and waits for the precious fruit to come in. And and so God says that he is the husbandman, and of course the elect would be the precious fruit, 
and he has long patience for it. That would identify with Second Peter 3.15 statement that the Lord is long-suffering, and his long-suffering equals salvation. And likewise, the husbandman has long patience for the fruit as he waits for the crops to come in. But what is he waiting for? Two periods of rain. Early rain and latter rain. And the early rain, the Bible relates to the first fruits, the the church age, that as we read in Revelation 14 of 144,000 uh, being likened to the first fruits unto God. The 144,000, which is a spiritual number to represent the fullness of all God save throughout the 1955 years of the church age. And then the latter rain, which relates to only one period in of time, the little season of the Great Tribulation, and not even the entire Great Tribulation, but the second part after the 2300 evening mornings in September 1994, which was a jubilee year, God began to stretch forth his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people. He sent the latter rain, the latter rain which fell simultaneously with the second part of the Great Tribulation until May 21, 2011, and then the rain stopped. The fruit, the precious fruit, had come in now, all to be saved, were saved. The husbandmen had waited until that point. God was long-sufferingly patient up until that point of the end of the Great Tribulation, the end of the latter rain. That's what James 5-7 is saying, that the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit and has long patience for it. How long does he have long patience? Until he received the early and latter rain. And the implication is, once the two periods of rain have fallen, he will no longer be patient. He will then bring judgment, which is exactly what God did when he shut the door of heaven, when he ended his salvation program for this world and and now no one can be saved it you know people are looking for a physical manifestation of the wrath of god well uh, believe me when god shut the door of heaven and he ended salvation uh, potentially from man's perspective for every unsaved individual on the face of the earth that was an act of wrath that was an act of punishment. That was an act from an angry God. And every day since, mankind has been, all unsaved individuals have been under the wrath of an angry God. And so, um, people who fail to understand the spiritual nature of the judgment, well, they don't see that. And they, they see the world continuing on just as it had before, and therefore they wrongly assume that God is still being long-sufferingly patient. No, 
No, God stopped being long-suffering when he shut heaven's door. At that point and all the days since, God is no longer putting up with the sins of man. This time of judgment is a response to the rebelliousness of mankind. And and God is pouring out his wrath. And so we cannot uh, turn to Second Peter 3.15 and say, Well, you see, God is still long-suffering. He ceased to be long-suffering um, on May 21, 2011. All right, going back to Revelation 11, we saw that the kingdoms of this world world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And then in verse 16, it says, And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Here is a response from the people of God. The 24 elders, we've seen this before in the book of Revelation. Uh, we actually saw them come into view and twice before. Um, but we'll go back to Revelation 7. And in Revelation 7, when the great multitude suddenly make that appearance, and the question is asked, from whence came they? And then the response was, they came out of great tribulation. So in the context of God completing his salvation and the great multitude appearing in heaven, and that would have to be in the person of Christ as all that are saved are seated in him. Well, they they were standing before God, that great multitude was, and we saw in verse 10 of Revelation 7, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, or living creatures, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. So here it doesn't give the, the number of the four and the 24 elders, or maybe it does earlier, but but here we see the elders and, and the living creatures fell before the throne at the point the great multitude makes their appearance in heaven. They came out of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation ended on May 21, 2011. And that is the end of God's salvation program. That's why there is this great praise and honor given to God as they're crying with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God. He has... In other words, done what he said he would do. He has elected these people and he was fought by the enemies of, of his kingdom, Satan and, and Satan's emissaries and, and dark spiritual forces every step of the way. There was nothing easy, nothing simple about God rescuing and delivering these people out of the clutches of Satan 
as they were held in dark spiritual dungeons. Satan fought every step, every uh, pushing forth of the word of God into the world. Uh, just, just think of what the Bible records of uh, all of the tremendous spiritual warfare as Satan and the kingdoms uh, that were under him came against the people of God again and again. Just think of what we know even from church history over the last several centuries and and how uh, God would um, put the, the Bible in the language of the people and the church, the church itself would burn people at the stake for doing that very thing, for daring to uh, translate the Bible and share the Bible in the common language of the people. They would kill them, uh, uh, torturing many, and, and many lost their lives for the sake of carrying the word of God to others. It, it, it was a constant battle. Uh, there was nothing easy at all with God sending forth uh, his word into this world that had Satan ruling over it since the Garden of Eden. And yet God was faithful and God utilized and mobilized his people to carry his word into all the nations of the world with that grand climax, that great conclusion of sending forth the gospel in a a majestic worldwide declaration of Judgment Day coming on the appointed day of May 21, 2011. And so the Lord saved the best for last. And certainly that was fought against as the church under the rule of Satan did everything it could to dismiss the teaching of the word of God. And and yet God, um, again, completed his salvation program. This is worthy of praise. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it's difficult for the child of God. It's difficult for the true believer because the Lord is trying us severely and we are under extreme testing throughout this day of judgment and and we sometimes find it hard to be thankful maybe and and to praise God yet um, here is an excellent reason for us to do so today and tomorrow and every day every day of these days after the tribulation we can thank God We can praise him. Oh, how great he is that he has finished this most wonderful salvation program and he has found all of the lost sheep. He has searched for them and he has uh, accomplished what he said he would do. And, And so we can praise our God for salvation, for great salvation. That there, you cannot get any more salvation. It, it cannot be covered any more thoroughly. There, there cannot be salvation given to individuals that are not elect. And, and you see, that's, that's the difficulty people have when God has finished finding all of the elect and they're upset 
because he then shuts the door of heaven, well, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to save non-elect individuals? Or do you just want an offer of salvation to go forth to non-elect individuals so they can have some psychological well-being regarding it? It, 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 the gospel was never for the purpose of the non-elect. It is not designed by God uh, as some sort of thing to to keep men uh, psychologically fit or or to give them some sort of hope that lets them live more comfortably during their life. And and to remove that hope, well, now you see they're they're not as comfortable. They're they're troubled in mind, and and yet the fact is they're non-elect. They are not saved because God did not elect them to salvation, and and so God has has no obligation to them. He has no responsibility to them, and neither does the child of God. We uh, were commanded. We were obligated, it was our duty, our responsibility to go forth with the gospel into the world until God find the last one of the company of the elect. And he has done that, and and therefore that task is finished. We have done the will of God in that area, and that's why there's a need of patience throughout this period of time. Well, it is just a, a really a tremendous, uh, glorious thing. Uh, and, and this language here is reminding us of that in Revelation eleven sixteen, when the four and twenty elders, twelve representing the Old Testament saints, twelve representing the New Testament saints, the fullness of God's elect, they sat before God in Christ Jesus, as Ephesians 2, 6 tells us, we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And they sat before God on their seats. The word seats is the Greek word thronos, which is also translated as thrones. As we, we reign with him as kings, God has made those that he has saved prophets, priests, and kings. And notice that all the kings, all 24 of them, get up from their throne where they were seated in Christ and fall upon their faces and worship God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty. That word Almighty, the Greek word is also translated omnipotent. It means all might, the one possessing all might. We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. He has showed himself that great king of kings. He has conquered Satan and, and all the kingdoms of this earth now come under the rule of the one true Deity, the one true ruler over all. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.